Welcome back to the Photo Banter Podcast. Before we get into today's podcast with photographer Jose Villa, I just want to let you guys know about our new Patreon page. If you've been liking the podcast and would like to support, you can go to patreon.com slash thephotobanter. If you sign up, you'll get access to the podcast two days early. Um, So like I said, if you've been enjoying it, would like to support, be much appreciated. It's uh, the patreon.com slash thephotobanter. And on today's podcast, I speak with photographer Jose Villa. Jose was named one of the top wedding photographers by Martha Stewart Weddings, Harper's Bazaar, and Vogue. Jose has traveled the world photographing weddings in Italy, Spain, India, and Bali, Indonesia, to name a few. Jose has photographed the weddings of celebrities such as Justin Bieber and Haley Baldwin, as well as Nick Jonas and Priyanka Chopra, to name a few. In this interview, I speak to Jose about how he got his start in wedding photography, some of his first weddings, and how he's grown his business that's allowed him to travel the world and photograph top-tier weddings. I also speak to Jose about his love of film photography and why he still shoots films for most of his weddings. For me, this was an interview I was really excited to do and I've wanted to do for a long time as I have an immense amount of respect for wedding photographers and getting an opportunity to speak to Jose, who's working at the top of his field, was a real pleasure. I hope you enjoy, and thanks so much for listening. Jose Villa, uh, welcome to the podcast, man. Uh, really excited to have you on. I've been uh, following your work for years. I've been aware of it, and I have, I'm sad to say I've been doing like 200 interviews I've done. I've yet to have a wedding photographer on, so I'm like really excited to talk to you, man, because I got <laughs> mad respect for wedding photographers and everything you guys do. So I can't thank you enough for taking the time. Um, but I guess to start off, I was kind of curious, like like everybody, the last five months has been crazy with this, everything going on with COVID and whatnot. I guess how's life work been for you, man? Because especially in your business, it's a, an event business. Uh, people, like how have you been kind of navigating the last five months? Yeah, it's been it's been really interesting. You know, I um, we rescheduled well, gosh, let me see, 18 or so weddings. I shoot about 20, 25 a year. Um, So everything was rescheduled. The good news, though, is that most of our clients have been really, really awesome. They all understand what's going on, obviously. Um, They provided a little bit more of a retainer uh, deposit to kind of keep the business going, which has been really good. Um, So I haven't had to worry financially. And so now I guess now we're in month five or six. Um, I'm getting a bunch more new inquiries now for 2021 as things are sort of seeming to be a little bit better. Um, And the crazy thing right now is that actually we're booking a handful of smaller events. So they're uh, 15 to 25. Last weekend, I shot one for 30 people. Um, You know, so it's these folks that are still, you know, wanting to get married. They want to have a baby. They want to move on. Uh, I just literally got an inquiry today. The the bride said, hey, you know, my mother-in-law is is uh, pretty much terminally ill and we want her to experience this. So we're going to we're going to pull the trigger here and get married in the next month and a half. Are you available? Small amount of people. And so a lot of these sort of things are coming up. So we are keeping busy now at the beginning of when this whole thing uh, became a pandemic. You know, everyone was all scared to death and the whole you know, everything shut down. Um, a lot of my clients had time to build their albums. So we were selling a lot of albums because people had the time to do that. And so actually it became a really awesome business. Not only was it albums, but reprints, um, all kinds of really awesome 
uh, you know, extras, I guess, if you want to call it that. And that was good. It would keep it, it totally kept us afloat. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to hear. Cause one of my best friends, he's a wedding photographer full time out in Ohio. And for the most part, same thing, like his clients have been very, they understand the situation, but he's definitely had a couple clients who are like, Hey, I want my retainer back. But it's like this weird thing of navigating, like, like who could have predicted this? So it's like, it, it's like a tough situation. Cause it's like, you already signed the contract, whatever it was, 10%, 20%, whatever his retainer was. It's just a, it's a tough thing to navigate. I think for some people, but overall it yeah. sounds, sounds good. It's been okay for you. Yeah, it's, it's, it has been pretty good for me. You know, I, I'm very fortunate. I've been doing this for almost, what, 18-something years, 18, 19 years. And the majority of the weddings that, I, that I'm booking currently are ones with wedding planners. So I'm, I'm very fortunate where the wedding planner is vouching for me. Yeah. And, you know, they're, they're able to help, you know, with that process. So I've been very fortunate. Yeah, that's good. I guess to go back, I was kind of curious, like, where'd you grow up and like, how do you kind of initially get into photography? Yeah. So I grew up in a small little town called Solvang, California, central California, pretty much. We're 15 minutes to the ocean and 15 minutes to the mountains. So we're in this sort of valley. Nice. And uh, this area is known for, for uh, wineries and amazing, you know, food pairings with, with wine. Um, I went to Brooks Institute of Photography right out of high school. I was 18 years old. And then I got my bachelor's three years later and decided, you know, I wanted to photograph um, families uh, and people and, and, you know, baby portraits, all those things. And then the weddings kind of came about uh, and I just started photographing weddings. But I was sort of, you know, I was definitely afraid of photographing weddings because, you know, we're still shooting film today and even back then. Um, but back then I didn't really trust myself that my cameras were going to perform yeah. um, and, uh, and that I wasn't going to get blank rolls of film from a wedding that was going to happen once in a lifetime, you know? So it was uh, pressures on and, and uh, but I kind of liked it. I liked the, the, the adrenaline. I liked, you know, the, the being on basically. And, um, and just really kind of at the time when I first started, being more of a war type photographer, photojournalistic photographer, just capturing those moments as they were happening. But as I grew my business, clients started to really react to the images that were a little bit more editorial. Yeah. And so as I was, um, you know, starting to share more of this work, my clients were loving that, you know, their, their images almost looked like they came out of a magazine. Yeah. And they felt really special, you know, because I was really into the fashion and, and I was really into making them look really beautiful, more beautiful than they really were in person uh, or in the scene. You know, if it was a beautiful ballroom or a tent or a barn wedding or a vineyard wedding, it, if some clients didn't have the budget to make it look, you know, like a million dollars, my job was to make it look that. And uh, that it's way. exactly like the hard thing what you do. And people probably don't realize this because a lot of when they look at like Martha Stewart weddings or something, a lot of those photos, it's a production. It's like a full shoot day. It's not a wedding always. But like, how do you kind of approach like shooting weddings? Because like, as you know, it's a fast paced day. You don't, it's not like you can just shoot like portraits for like, like an editorial shoot. Sometimes it can be a whole day. It can be like when you shoot for a magazine, it could be like six, eight hour session. But weddings, it's like you kind of it's it's like you got this much time to do the family this much to do these portraits and it's like we got to keep it moving like how do you kind of approach that and get that quality like you said with the editorial thing where it's but still like so fast-paced well i think it's really important to make sure that you communicate through the process with your client and also with um the wedding planner you know so there's a lot of communication throughout the process there's a lot of 
you know, um, understanding how and where things are going to be to make sure that we, you know, get the most out of the photography. We all know that weddings are living, breathing things, you know, it's like sometimes we, we plan it to, the, to, to be 110%, you know, perfect. And then we get there and then uh, literally this has happened, a freaking hurricane is about to hit, you know. So, but, but how do you still make it work? A lot of it, you know, I, I've learned to work really well in natural light. Mm -hmm. um, and as long as I find a little corner somewhere that has some natural light, we can make it work. Yeah. Um, obviously that's worst case scenario, you know? So, um, you know, the big thing is that directing is, and I actually call myself a little bit of a director. Okay. I am obviously a photographer, but I am an art director. And part of that is really knowing mm -hmm. and understanding how to, um, how to put a, basically put a photo together that tells a good story without it being so staged. Yeah. And the, you know, the deal with weddings obviously is we just, we, we want them to organically just unfold in front of us. That's all great. We can be a journalistic photographer, but the problem here is that uh, when you aren't directing, sometimes photos don't look the best of the people in them, yeah. you know, where there's a little direction, a little direction goes a long way. Like for example, relax your shoulders or, bring your chin up slightly or whatever it is, um, literally could be relax your, you know, or, or bend your knee or bring your hip to me or bring your hip to him. You know, those little things really make a big difference. I understand we could go into Photoshop and we can liquefy and we can do this and that, whatever. I don't want to do any of that. Um, I do shoot about 90% film and I do shoot a little digital here and there. Yeah. Um, I still love the look of film. I've always been known as a film photographer. And so I always want to make sure that I, I set the scene and get it as it is right there and then so I don't have to worry about it later. Yeah. Um, that's just how I like to work and it's worked very well. So, so when you, like you said, like you never know what's going to happen. Like you ran into a hurricane. Um, are you generally like, cause your wedding, you're traveling around the world. You're in Italy, you're in Bali, wherever. Um, do you kind of generally get there a few days before kind of scout your location and even like in the back of your mind, have a plan B if there is going to be rain or some issue like that. If you kind of give yourself time to scout the location, if you can. Yeah, it's very, very important to scout the location. Uh, it could be a local, it could be a California wedding. It could be in my, in my County and I may not know of this location, but I will still make sure to go and scout it. Uh, if I can, most likely, like um, I always like to hundred percent of the time. I just want to make sure I know what I'm walking into. Yeah. Um, even, even like to go, and this is actually, I've learned this through, through doing this is that I like to go see what the light is doing at the time that their ceremony is going to be, or at the time of, uh, you know, the, the, the first dance, whatever it is, that's most important to the client. I usually make sure, obviously everything's important at a wedding, but I always want to make sure that I understand what's going on with the lighting and also knowing what the backup plan may be. You know, I always ask, Hey, your wedding's outside. That's great. I love outdoor weddings, but is there a backup plan? Are we, you know, close to an, a, a building? It could be a barn. It could be whatever it is. It could be a tent, but, but what is the backup plan so that I know, you know, what I need to do to make sure that I get what I need for the day whether that means, you know, on, on camera flash, if I need to, whatever it is, it, it's good and important to understand what's happening yeah. with the venue. And you can't predict weather, but at least you're there a couple of days before and you know, maybe something's coming. Yeah. And sometimes, <laughs> sometimes wedding can be cool. Like I've seen some badass photos in like rain and stuff. And it's just like kind of figuring out a way to navigate it and be creative. Cause it's a, 
yeah, it's just like like you say, you never know what's going to be, but you just got to got to deal with what's in front of you, basically. Yeah, and it's a part of it. You know, it's a, if it becomes a big rainstorm, you get an umbrella involved, and you, it's a part of the day. Yeah. But most likely, the clients aren't really going to love the fact that it's raining and pouring on their wedding day. But yeah. then you pick and choose an area where you can do some really beautiful portraits. For sure. And I guess to go back, like when you're at Brooks and you're studying photography there, like did you kind of already know while you're in that program, like, oh, I'm going to be a wedding photographer and that's kind of my goal of like what I want to do? Yeah, so I knew that I wanted to photograph people. And through that process, I knew that probably weddings would come up. Yeah. It wasn't anything that I was like sitting in class saying I want to shoot weddings. I think that at the end of my uh, time at school, I started to get inquiries and get a little bit more serious about photographing weddings. And I thought, yeah, I mean, if I could do weddings and, you know, and I, and I can photograph, you know, children, which I love photographing, older people with the beautiful wrinkles I love doing, yeah. you know, and fashion and all of everything that I love to do was literally in a wedding. But I think what what scared me was that it, we just had one chance on film, yeah. you know, so the pressure was on, which kind of held me back a little bit. But once I started to get into the group of things and once people started to share my work around this area, I kind of became the, the, the new kid on the block in this area. It's a small town, yep. you know, so it was like there was one, two photographers that had been here for 20, 30 years. Uh, and so once the new kid came into town, my name was circulating and circulating in the, in the you know, community and it just became a thing. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but I never really knew that weddings were going going to be a thing. It just kind of things happened. Yeah. So is that kind of how, like, that's one question. Cause I think a lot of people, you know, maybe people listening to this podcast, they're interested in shooting weddings and kind of getting their foot in the door. Like, like how do you kind of start getting your name out there? Like, was it this kind of this word of mouth, like this people you knew and it just kind of built from there, but what do you kind of remember about like the early days of kind of building your business, I guess? Yeah. Well, you know, um, 18 years ago when I started it was totally different than it is today, you know, with social media and all of that good stuff. I mean, I can tell you that I was spending $400 a month on yellow page ads, wow. you know, things like that, which, which is crazy. I mean, at the time it was, it's a ton of money. I mean, I, I was just starting, I was charging $125 a portrait session. Like it was a lot, you know? So, um, and it was really sort of became because I grew up in this small community, it became word of mouth. Yeah. Um, and then I started shooting weddings, like I mentioned, and then people started to notice and then um, magazines started to notice and magazines like Martha Stewart magazine and the knot and all these other ones started to ask me for weddings. Mm -hmm. um, you know, blogs like Style Me Pretty 15 years ago or 12 years ago became a thing. And I just was sending them tons of, of weddings and my name just kind of got out there to all these wedding planners that were also inspired by working with certain photographers and they wanted to, they wanted to pair up and, and, you know, work together on weddings. So it really just sort of like, it was an organic thing. I, I think that I was very lucky to come into it um, when I did. Yeah. Because I feel like today is it, obviously it's very, very competitive and it was competitive back then as well. But, you know, it's, it's so much more competitive these days yeah. uh, and to be seen. But I think one of the biggest things that I've learned is if you could just really master and be really, really good at one thing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like for me, I feel like I've mastered the look of film and I've mastered the look of photographing um, a specific type of film to make it look a specific way, yep. you know, and clients, uh, there are clients that love that. And that's all I want. I, all I want is 25 weddings a year, but you know, for 
for the entire world. That's nothing to ask for really that big. Um, and I've mastered that look, but, and luckily it's been, it's been working. <laughs> and and you, I noticed you, you, you shoot the contact six, four five, which that's an underrated camera, man. You think medium format, a lot of people are Mamiya, Hasselblad. Has that kind of always been your camera choice? The, the contact six, four five. Yeah, it's kind of funny because when I was graduating, that camera was just coming out. It was brand new. And my parents had asked me, what would you like for, you know, your graduation gift? Because uh, I, I basically, I didn't own any cameras. I was renting from school when I was uh, about to graduate. And so I said, oh, I want this camera. You know, as a student, you got 50% off. And I thought, yeah, I, because it's new and it's a Carl Zeiss lens, I, I want it. You know, and of course, I ended up, my parents ended up giving it to me. I didn't use it for a number of months because I was scared of it. I mean, I was, it's a chunker, you know, and, and I was just, it was all manual focus. Well, you could, you could do auto, but I like to manually focus everything. And I just, it was kind of slow and I'm like, oh, I don't know. So I didn't use it. So every time I'd see my parents, it'd say, did you use your camera? Did you use your camera? And I'd say, no, no, no. <laughs> oh, Finally, I started using it and I thought, gosh, this is a beautiful camera. And I went with it. And every session I forced myself to photograph at least a couple rolls. Well, a couple rolls became 50% of the rolls to 100% of the rolls on it. And I ended up just, just incredibly just really falling in love with it. Um, and that particular Carl Zeiss look. I, I love Hasselblad. I love, you know, that very shallow depth of field. Um, and I decided this is the camera that I'm going to master uh, with using Fujifilm and get it out there. And you know what? The cool thing is that actually this camera and medium format cameras, as you know, but they give it a very, the, the, the images sort of have this very editorial style look to them when mm -hmm. there is a little bit of directing with fashion and things. Yeah. I think a lot of fashion photographers obviously shoot with medium format. Um, and those are a lot of those images that I love. And so I was like, gosh, what if I shot medium format? with weddings. I mean, it, that was sort of a thing back in the day where, you know, it was a Hasselblad and it was very stiff images and back in the nineties and such. And I thought, well, gosh, let me, let me kind of take this and, and see what happens. And it, it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I noticed like even some other like wedding photographers in my area, they've been shooting at that camera and I'm, I'm almost positive it's because they see you shooting with it. You know, <laughs> I, feel, I feel like a lot of photographers, maybe I'm wrong, but I think you probably like put a lot of people onto that camera. Cause I've noticed a lot of people using that within, because uh, it is interesting I've noticed within the last five years like film has a big comeback like there's like a lot of film blogs like people are buying film it's, it's kind of have you kind of noticed that yourself within your industry I guess yeah I have you know and, and it's funny because there's so many younger photographers in the wedding industry and I can't speak necessarily for the other photography uh, industries but I will say that you know a lot of these younger photographers their first camera that they ever got was a digital camera Mm -hmm. And so for them, film is different. And so they, you know, they're sort of elevating their game by doing film. It's, it's cool for me. I like to see it because I love that, you know, we're continuing to support film. Yeah. For me, it's just something I've done since I picked up a camera, yeah. you know, and for me, what's different is digital. But digital doesn't excite me as much as film even does at all, even though digital is sort of new for me. It's just... Yeah. I think it's I think it's great. I think digital is, is great for certain things, but I can't see myself shooting a wedding all digitally 
um, you know, 100% at this moment. Now, I do have a preset that I've created and I've had for a couple of years that I've been selling to photographers. The whole preset that really was just for me yeah. to use here in the studio um, as we were wanting to make sure that the film images and the digital images, when I started shooting more digital, that they were consistent. Yeah. And uh, people were asking about it. And so I decided to sell it. It's been very successful, which is great. Um, but I, you know, at this point, Never say never, but I, I, would, I wouldn't want to shoot a, a digital wedding unless it was like with, with an iPhone. I would love to photograph an iPhone wedding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I think that would be so cool <laughs> if someone paid me all this money to shoot it. I think you could sell it, Jose. I think, I think you could do it, man. Yeah, uh, if anybody's listening out there. <laughs> do, you, do you ever have clients, because like with film, obviously, as you know, it's a slower process because you got to get it developed, then you got to scan everything in, then you got to retouch it because like we live in this world where everyone wants everything like on demand they want it now like do you run into that with any of your clients or is it more they're coming to you for that reason because they they enjoy the film they enjoy your look or how do you kind of navigate that aspect of like like turning around your weddings and I guess that yeah I mean the people that are uh the clients that are coming to me are are ones that just love the look of film you know and they know and understand that it's going to be you know four weeks until they get their images I mean four weeks is really not that bad well wow, that's your turnaround um, time yeah usually that's it's about good four. man that's really good <laughs> well it does depend I will say I would say between four and six weeks it depends on the time of year you know if it's a little bit of a slow season April, you know, I would say January to about April or even then now October through December, like that times, those times we can do four weeks. If we're talking summer jam-packed weddings, you know, we're talking about six weeks. Um, you know, but it's, it, it is sort of interesting how, um, you know, people think that they need to see everything so fast, yeah. you know, and for those folks, and I do have a lot of younger clients for those that are very into social media uh, and they want to see an image that night you know yep. et cetera, et cetera. i do uh photograph with my digital camera certain images but we got to communicate about that we want to know i want to know like if she says or bride and groom says hey we want a photo to put on our social media uh that night or the morning of or the morning after i should say uh then can we pr be prepared for that absolutely like i would totally do that but mm -hmm. you know in most cases i don't really like to go that route because i get distracted like i don't want to just sort of be focusing on making sure that i get that one photo for them for social media on digital like i just want to do my thing exactly you know so but but hey if someone wants that and they're so adamant about it sure absolutely no problem we'll figure it out if it's not my image it might be a second shooter's image that are that if they're shooting digitally yeah it's almost like the same thing like how some people try to like i mean hats off to them they'll do still photography and they're trying to do video at the same time and like i like like you there's only so much time in the day and like you only can focus on what you do and like trying to balance all these things it takes takes away from the other i think you know Exactly. Yeah. And, and I and I do try to educate my clients about that. And, you know, for the most part, people do understand. They're like, okay, yeah, we don't want to interrupt with what you are doing, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and sacrifice, you know, you getting distracted, let's say. And I'm not like a diva about it. I'm just saying, hey, guys, you know what, we don't want to just but I like, will I'm Jose. I'm going to do my thing. man. <laughs> 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 no, no, I totally understand. Um, and with the wedding business, I, cause like I said, I have a little bit of experience with this. I've shot a, a good amount of weddings, but it's very like customer service based. And it's like, have you always just been good at like this, the business side of like 
you know, meeting with people, explaining what you do? And was there kind of a learning curve to that aspect of the business? Because I remember times where I had to like meet with the bride, the husband, the mother, the other mother, because I understand it. It's a big day in their lives. But is that aspect, this is the kind of customer service thing. That, is it something that came naturally to you or is it something you kind of grew at over time? You know, I, I learned through the process because, um, and I hate to continue to say back then, but yeah. the reality is, is that it, it kind of dates me, but that's fine. But, you know, I, I used to have an actual walk-in studio where people would come in, like a storefront. Yep. And, you know, I don't know how long you've been photographing weddings, but, you know, I would have people come in and I would, the, the, the way that they would select you as a photographer really would just to sit in your studio and look at albums. Mm -hmm. And then they would talk to you and interview you and, you know, the whole thing. We don't do that anymore. No one comes into the office slash studio anymore. We do Zoom calls. We do FaceTime. We do all those types of things. They've seen all my images on social media and my website. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it, it is different how things have, you know, become. Mm -hmm. um, but it's it's been so, so much better. Like, I feel like it's just been such a great way of sort of like maneuvering how we book weddings. It's so, it's so cool. Yeah. Um, but I forgot what your initial... I guess it's <laughs> like this kind of the nuts, all right. Just like the customer service aspect. I guess maybe I guess. it's maybe it's different for you because like you've been doing it so long and like you've kind of proven yourself, like when you're shooting the weddings of like Justin Bieber, like Pau Gasol or these big people. Or is there still are you, is it is it something you're still dealing with with every wedding where people are like asking you those like you know, yeah. those, like, you know those like 15 questions that they'll, they'll print on the knot, like 10, 15 questions to ask your photographer. Like, are you still kind of hands-on with the customer? Yes, and, and uh, yes, and to be honest with you, I'm actually more hands-on, and I've learned to be more hands-on because clients want your attention. You know, they're spending a certain amount of money. You know, they they want to make sure that they fully understand you know, even how they're going to look. A lot of these images we have to retouch because they have a certain presence in the media. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's it's a lot, it's a lot. But, you know, I think that at the beginning of my career, I was very sort of um, distant. I would just say, okay, yes, I'm your photographer. I don't want to talk to you for another six months. You know, and I've learned to not be that way. And, I, and let me tell you, once I finally gave my number, cell phone number, because I have a studio number, yep. uh, which you called today, but I have a cell phone number. And once I started giving my cell phone number out to clients, it was almost like they were relieved that they had my attention. And this sounds really crazy, but I believe that people, when they had more of my attention, would spend more money. Yeah. Uh, you know, they would say, oh, I want to add a rehearsal dinner. I want to add an album. I want to add a parent album. I want to add a brunch. Can we do a second set of feet? All of these things. Yeah. But because they have my attention, they felt so comfortable and they liked my personality uh, and obviously the work that they felt like, you know, it was worth it to them yeah. to make sure that they were taken care of. And those are the types of clients that I really am having today. So every single client now, I text with them. I want to know what your dress looks like. You know, can you send me your mood board? Can you send me, you know, obviously the location and uh, anything that they could possibly send me? I want to see it. Are you wearing a veil? These are things that brides love. They, they, they want to have your photographer know that they care and that they are visually already thinking about what their wedding is going to be like. Yeah. Um, it, they see it as you're on my team and you're going to do the best job possible to make sure that you get what I want out of the whole thing. Yeah. It's like you're invested in the project. You're not just another person. Like you're not churning it out like a factory. It's like you're, like you said, you do 25 a year and you're like hands on with every one of those clients. And 
I think something that I learned on from weddings early on, the mistakes I made, I don't know if you made these, it's a lot of like managing expectations because sometimes I've had experiences, but they'll send me like a 10 page PDF of like shot lists. And I'm like, Oh, there's not that much time in the day to like do this. Is it, is that kind of a big aspect of like your business is kind of managing expectations of like how many shots we're going to get, what the final images count is going to be. Cause that's like a big thing. A lot of people are like, how many images are I going to get? Cause like some one photographer, who knows, He'll be like, I'm going to send you 3,000 images, but they could all be shitty. But I'm, I'm going to send you 800, but they're going to be great. But it's like, it is like an aspect of the business where like, there's like a number attached to it. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think you have to be really honest with your client and you really have to tell them the reality of what they should expect because you don't want them to have these high expectations. And, and then they, you know, they come to a, the realization and, or, or they feel like you didn't do good enough, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think you have to set those boundaries. You have to be honest with them. You have to let them know, hey, I, I'm okay with this shot list this big, but here's the reality. We're going to be behind a camera and you're going to be in front of it for an hour, which means we're going to lose light, which means we're not going to get those candid moments that you told me you love, which we're not going to get that sunset light that you love about my images. Yeah. You kind of have to just tell them the reality. And guess what? That is the reality. So yeah. instead of having this list this big, you need to bring it down to this because we then can, or then change your ceremony time two hours earlier. Yeah. You know, so I've learned through the process because I've been through these weddings where I'm like, oh my gosh, I wish I had another hour yeah. or I wish I even had another half hour or I wish I would have told them about this because then later I'm going to kick myself because it makes me look bad yeah. uh, because guess what? They're going to forget about what exactly happened minute by minute at the wedding, but they're always going to remember that you never got that shot. And so you have to be really honest with them so that you cover your bases. And it's like, you want them, you still want them to enjoy their wedding, like enjoy your cocktail hour so you can be with your friends. Obviously as a photographer like us, we we could shoot to the uh, forever. (laughs) Like shoot all the, I'll I'll shoot nonstop the portrait stuff, but there is like, Hey man, this is your day. You should be able to enjoy it with your family and friends. It's just like something I always kind of remember, you know? Yeah, and I think one thing you could do too as a wedding photographer, for those that are out there listening that are wedding photographers, is you could actually sell, you know, a second shooter. And I think that I always see a second shooter as a product, mm-hmm. you know, and and, uh, and I think that if you sell the second shooter, who could be someone you've worked with for many years, hopefully that's the case, or you develop a relationship with someone that helps you, that and that they're consistent, um, and that they're consistent people you use all the time, sell them, sell, sell them and say, Hey, I think it's a good idea to have a second shooter because then I don't have to go do that because I can't be there at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it'll save us time so that when you two come together, all we got to do is just, you know, let the day unfold, yeah. you know? So I think, you know, don't forget about having help. It's okay to have help. I used to always think as I first started, I can do this myself. I can shoot this wedding on my own. And then I would run around like crazy. And then at the end, I would go drive home saying, damn it, I forgot to get that picture. When really it's not an earth shattering photo, a second shooter could have got that with their eyes closed, but at least they have it in their album or whatever. Yeah. Or they're, or they're like, while you're doing portraits, they're setting up lighting in the uh, reception area. So like by the time everything moves in there, it's already ready, good to go, I guess. Stuff like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, what's your workflow? Because like looking at um, your Instagram, you're always showing a lot of respect to your team. Um, like, do you kind of have a, a general workflow in terms of like who's helping you with on a wedding? Is there always a second shooter? It looks like I think your sister or somebody might help you as a photo assistant I saw on your Instagram. But what's your kind of approach and workflow to weddings now? 
Yeah. Well, my big thing is I, I need to make sure that, um, you know, we have, and I said this before earlier, a consistent, even a consistent team. I think consistency is really, really key, you know? So I've had my sister helping with me or helping me for about 15 or more years. I also have my husband that's helping me. I have a a two or three, let's see, Lacey and then Jeanette and Victor. So three other people that help me that are second shooters. They each have their own individual uh, you know, weddings and clients. But what I do is I sell them as a premium. So mm-hmm. if they want to get hired by this particular client, I pay them a certain amount. And then, you know, a certain amount stays within the company, yeah. you know, so it, it has to be, we have to be consistent and we have to make sure that we have solid people. Uh, I always make sure that I credit my team because I really can't do this without them. I mean, I, you know, I know you work with assistants and second shooters and stuff and, you know, it, it, it's okay to thank these people on social media. And I think people are afraid, oh gosh, my client's going to want to hire them or, yeah. oh, <laughs> you know. Yeah. No, yeah, definitely. Show mad respect to the team, man. This is a team sport, like from everybody to the event planners, everybody. I know like so many weddings that I shot where it was like some wedding planners like saved my ass, like, or helped me out with a certain thing. So it's like, because it, like, I mean, you talked about it a little bit earlier like a lot of the weddings you are doing now are with event planners. Like how important are like the relationships with the event planners and other vendors within your business to be able to do what you do? Oh my gosh. It is everything. I mean, literally, yes, I could, I could come in as a photographer and photograph, you know, journalistic photos all day long, but when things are running late, you know, I can't manage that as well. Mm-hmm. So we've got a wedding planner to help us with that. When, you know, we have scenes that are just beautiful with floral and design and all these things, I could never do that. You know, so I need to credit where I need to credit where credit is due. And I think a lot of people and so on social media don't do that. You know, they want to take full credit. And it's just selfish. And I think it's kind of funny and it's petty and whatever. Well, it's just it's short sighted because the way I look at it, like even like with the editorial stuff I do, like I, I did a job two days ago for AARP and I got the job from a fellow photographer that I've just become friends with on Instagram. So it's like, if you help out other people around you, and I'm sure it's the same thing, same thing with like the wedding business. I'm sure you know tons of people that do floral. I'm sure you know tons of caterers. And it's like, hey, I'll recommend you, I'll recommend you. And it's like, scratch my back, I scratch your back. And it's like, if you're just closed off, I think it's, you're not helping yourself. No, and I think that when you are that way, you actually are more successful, you know, and you, you don't want to seem like you're like, like you're insecure. I mean, let's just be honest, you know, so I know it's hard as artists and we get a little protective over our businesses, but actually the reality is, is when you share, you know, the reason why I do these sorts of podcasts is yeah. because I love sharing. Yeah, you know, I, I, and I, I, uh, I think that that that's always going to give back in some way. Not that that I'm doing it for that, but in some way, someone will email me and say, "Oh gosh, I learned this from, you know, the this uh, this particular you know podcast," and that's that's awesome. That's you'll never know. That person might have a sister or so and so or whatever that might be getting married, and I end up getting a job out of it. It's really all about just putting yourself out there, and you know, and just being a good person through the process. I think. Yeah, definitely, man. And like, you know, another thing, like, obviously, when you first start off shooting weddings, like, you, you, whatever you're charging is probably lower, obviously, than what you're paying now or charging now. Like, how, how do you kind of make those jumps in terms of like pricing and stuff? Because I think that's a thing that like a lot of wedding, it's an interesting aspect of what you guys do. Because like, I don't know how you price a lot of people do like different packages, they'll do hourly, 
but how mm-hmm. do you kind of make that jump from like charging 1500 bucks for a wedding to to 10,000 or 20,000 or whatever it is like how do you kind of make that leap because i think a lot of times photographers are probably scared rightfully so if i jump from 2000 up to 5000 then all those clients i used to have they're not going to hire me no more cuz i'm not in their price range anymore but how do you kind of navigate that aspect of the business of kind of the growing pains i guess yeah that's a good question i mean really it it's really important to make sure that you're in it for the long run you know, like for me, I knew that wedding photography, once I, once I figured it out, I knew that this was going to be my lifelong decision to do. A lot of photographers come into this industry as young photographers, like I mentioned earlier, and they're in it for the quick buck. Yep. And if you're in it for the quick buck, because you know that some of the top photographers charge twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000, then you're in it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Now, when I first started, I can tell you my first wedding I photographed was $400. I mean, that's like crazy, right? And I'm shooting film. And so I probably ended up paying for the wedding. <laughs> uh, you know, but, but that's okay because I got, you know, portfolio pieces out of it. I was able to share images out of it. I made relationships out of it. It was all good. Mm-hmm. Now, the way that I do my pricing is really not rocket science. It's all just based on supply and demand. You know, as I was sort of moving through the beginning parts of my business, I noticed that I would get a ton of and an influx of inquiries from people that were able to afford a $1,500 package for the type of quality I was offering. And these are people that, you know, these are clients that are looking at, you know, photographer A, photographer B, and then myself and comparing us. You know, so as I started to get a lot more inquiries, I thought, okay, something's wrong here. I'm booking 40, 50 weddings at $1,500. There's an issue here. We need to bump it up. You know, so I started to bump it up in increments of about 1,000. As I start to get into the six and $7,000 range at that time, we're talking 2005 or 2020 or 2006 or something yeah. like that. My inquiry started to slow down a little bit, but I was still happy with the numbers that I was at. And all of a sudden it was like, you know, I shot a, a semi-celebrity wedding or I got published in a few magazines and people just assumed that because I did that, I was a more a more of an expensive photographer. And so the inquiries started coming in and then I started to raise my rate. And I've gotten to the point now where I charge what I charge mostly because people are still saying yes. Yeah. Uh, and even, even when I feel like I'm booked, you know, so if that continues to happen naturally, I just start to raise my rates. I will tell you that over the last, what is it? Maybe five or six years, I have consistently raised my rates at the beginning of each year. Mm-hmm. It's always nerve wracking. Of course it is because you feel like, oh my gosh, like you said, you're not going to book those weddings, you know, but the reality is, is that there's always room for negotiation. Mm-hmm. And if you're willing to negotiate you got you got the wedding. I mean, really, people want to know that you're a real person and that you're willing to negotiate your rates. Yeah. If you're one of those photographers, and I do packages, but if one of you're one of those photographers you're, that you say you pick a package A, package B, package C, and that's it, yeah. then you may have an issue. Uh, you know, I always introduce the idea of like, hey, here's my rates. Let's talk about your needs and let's talk about your budget because everything is customizable. When you start to open up to that idea you now have the client and you now have their attention. I'm not saying you've booked them yet, but you have their attention. How do you take it to the next level? Well, guess what's going to take you to the next level? Your personality. Uh, And hopefully you have a personality and your passion. When I talk to clients and I talk to them about what's going to happen on their day, 
they can hear the passion because really that's just who I am. And then, you know, personality throws them over the edge. Most likely they're willing to spend an extra 5,000 on me than they are on the other photographer because they didn't connect with them, you know? So it's really important to make sure that you show that and that you try to communicate with your clients as much as possible through things like this, Zoom meetings or FaceTime or whatever. Yeah. You want to see their faces. You want to see their reaction, especially when the bride and groom are both on a call. You can see that they look at each other and they're like, I don't know about that. But, you know, so it's just you have to sort of study yeah. what what they're doing and how they're reacting because then I go, okay, maybe that was maybe not the right thing to say, but then I cut. Kind of yeah, I kind of adjusted a little bit. Yeah, because everyone's different. Like some people are outgoing, some people are introverted, and every wedding's different. People have different style choices of what they like, and it's just kind of reading the room. It's like a skill in itself, being able to kind of understand people. You know, exactly. Um, yeah, and at this point in your career, like, what kind of weddings get you excited? Like, you photographed all over the world, like Lake Como, like I think Bali, like I said, everywhere. But like, what kind of stuff gets you excited? Like as an artist, like, is it the, the big weddings, the smaller weddings, but what's kind of got you excited right now? Yeah, it's funny because it does change as, as I get more and more involved in this whole thing. But I, I think right now what really inspires me are weddings that are unique in the sense that they're usually longer and they're usually at a destination. And yeah. I'll, I'll tell you, before COVID hit in February, um, I shot a five-day wedding in Thailand for a group of, I think, 100 people, 115 people. It was five days. The client is from Thailand, but they live in New York. And they went basically from city to city in Thailand. And they took everybody with them. So we started in Bangkok. They did a welcome dinner there. Then we ended up going to Chiang Mai. We did two days in Chiang Mai. Then we went to Phuket and we did two days in Phuket. So, you know, when I got presented this job, I thought, oh gosh, this is the type of wedding that I want. And everyone was chartered planes and like the whole deal, right? Damn. And I thought that's so different and that's so new and that's so fresh. I want this job that inspires me. Um, you know, I, I, I ended up landing the job and it was so cool. And I'm so glad it did because then COVID hit and then I didn't shoot for six months or whatever it was. And so it was a good wedding to sort of just, you know, take me to that inspirational level and then, you know, come back to come back to reset, which is where we're at today. So I would say those types of weddings are ones that, that really inspire me. I did a um, two years ago, two, maybe three years ago, I did a seven day wedding in Italy. Jeez. where we started in Lake Como and then you know they they took everybody to, to Italy and they did a five day there it was crazy so when they're doing a seven day wedding is like what does that look like is it like giant receptions every night like big dinners and like and then is there like one day where they actually have the ceremony or like how do, what is a I don't think I've ever been yeah. to a seven day wedding. <laughs> <laughs> so we did two days in Como and two days was more immediate family, right? So we did, um, it was a welcome dinner for immediate family. Then they moved the venue to this beautiful villa and then they had a small ceremony, very intimate for just their immediate family and their, and their best friends. Yeah. And then they had a dinner. So that was two days. Then they had a one day break. They took, they basically flew everybody to Tuscany and then more people joined them, which was maybe another additional 80 people joined them in Tuscany. And then it was five days. So it started off with a welcome dinner day one and then a um, uh, rehearsal dinner, then the wedding and then game day. And then there was a brunch. So it was literally a whole seven Day. Damn, but by, by, by the end of that seven days, you're basically part of the family at that point. I've met. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, no, it's awesome because, you know, and, and, and I will say this was a very hard wedding to land and I'll tell you why. I mean, they wanted to make sure that they connected with their photographer and because I was going to be there for that long with my team. Yeah. You know, it was me and, and three other people. I had, I believe, three or four Zoom calls for one or two hours each. Wow. One, and like you said earlier, you know, you talk to the bride, then the groom, then the mother, then the this, you know, it was literally kind of like that. And I thought, oh gosh, this is, I, this is a waste of time. I don't know why I'm doing all this, but I stuck it through. They ended up falling in love with the ideas that I had and they ended up pulling the trigger, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, so seven days. Wow. What a dream job. Um, I got a chance to be in Italy for that long. I love Italy. Italy is my favorite country besides, yeah. of course, where I'm from originally, which is Mexico. Uh, you know, and, and I just, I can live there. I, I'm, I'm like, yes, what do you need me to do? You know? Yeah. Um, so that was a dream job. And I'm seeing a little bit more and more of that. And I, well, we were, and then COVID hit. So hopefully things will get back on track and things will get back to where it was. You know, it'll take a couple of years, but I think we'll be okay. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I think a lot of wedding photographers, their dream is to like break into that, like the, the travel uh, wedding world. Like, do, what do you remember about like kind of your first like, uh, quote unquote, like travel wedding and like what advice would you kind of give to photographers who are like, that's their dream. They want to be shooting in like Como. They want to be in Bali. Like, it, what's, how did you kind of get into that, I guess? Yeah. So my first wedding uh, destination wedding was in Hawaii. And I remember taking the job on knowing that basically I wasn't going to make any, any money. It was all just for portfolio reasons. And I think that's okay. I think a lot of photographers think that they have to make a ton of money. Well, you have to start somewhere, number one, and you have to make sure that you have a portfolio because if you don't have a portfolio, it's going to be harder for you to get the job. If yep. you can't say I've gone through the process of, you know, flying and getting there and conquering this wedding and deliverables, you know, I think, that says a lot, you know, so if I can look at your portfolio and you don't have any of that destination work on there, it makes me question the fact that maybe you don't even want to do destination ones. I know, I know photographers, I've had friends, you know, for many years that are like, I don't want to shoot a destination wedding. I'm starting a family. I'm, you know, whatever their reasons may be, they don't want to do that. You know, so for me, that was the first thing is I want to do destinations. Uh, let me shoot this wedding basically at cost and let me put it up on my website the minute I got it back from the lab. Sure enough, once I did that, people started to inquire and say, hey, I noticed you shot a wedding in, in Hawaii. Do you, also go to, do you also go to Mexico or do you go to New York? Or Of course. I mean, that's exactly what I wanted. And I think that one thing to remember for these, a lot of these photographers out there is show what you want in return. You know, if you show these things, you're going to get them. You're putting them out there to the yeah. world to see, especially your Instagram. We all know Instagram is so big right now. And yep. it's such an amazing platform for us photographers because it's all photographs, you know? So um, show those things you want in return. That's really the bottom line. And give it, give it a little bit of time. I mean, you have to be patient through the process. Yeah. Yeah. And I bet even at this point in your career, you can almost like, like you said, you've shot in Italy a, t a lot of times. You can almost like market yourself. Like I have so much expertise and experience within this one country. Like look at my whole portfolio. Do you kind of almost like cater that? Is that kind of almost like a marketing piece? For like what yeah, I mean, I can tell you that I, I mean, I could probably go to Italy for a year and probably shoot 20 weddings there if I wanted to. That's awesome. Why? Because I've shot so much there and I've made some amazing connections through the process with wedding planners, venues, 
caterers, all of these folks that we talk about, and I take care of them. When they want images, I give them images. I don't sell them images. When I tell them I'm going to give them images, I deliver. You know, there's all of these things that, you, that as a photographer, you want to make sure that you don't burn your bridges because these people are the ones that are going to potentially help get you the job, yep. you know? So, so, so make sure that, you know, and I'm talking to those younger photographers, the new, the newer photographers um, getting into this industry, you know, it's not always about you. It, you take the photo, but then deliver the photo because guess what? They're going to be so proud of the image yeah. that they're going to put it on their social media or they're going to put it on their website and they are going to tag you. That's the ultimate goal. So that then their potential clients will say that photographer that you did that job with in Italy, I, I'd love to see his or her portfolio, yeah. you know? So, so I think that I'm in that position now because I'm a, true believer of making sure that I take care of people as much as possible and respect people uh, as much as possible, because that's always going to come back in return. Yeah, definitely, man. And uh, I had to ask you, I was looking at your Instagram. I'm sure you get asked about a lot now. You, you, big wedding you shot, I think what, last year, maybe two years ago, Justin Bieber and Haley Baldwin. I was just kind of curious, like, how did that kind of come about? Like, what was kind of your experience shooting that wedding? And was there any other like unique challenges to photographing a wedding like that? Because I'm sure that like a wedding like with Justin Bieber, you got paparazzi following you guys wherever because they want to sell that picture to Us Weekly or whatever magazine. But I guess like, what was kind of your overall experience and how did that kind of all come together for you? Yeah, so that wedding actually was a year ago, um, and I was very lucky I think because I um, I had already had some experience with, you know, some very high profile weddings. A year prior to that, I did just uh, Nick, Jonas, Jonas. Nick Jonas and Priyanka Chopra. So I had, I already had that experience of, you know, um, the, the very A-list because I've done a bunch of other, you know, celebrity stuff and, and all that, which has been awesome. But um, this was on a, on, a, on a different level because like you said, pop Paparazzi was going to be around, and if and I'll give you an example, like the the wedding, the Jonas wedding, their images were worth two million dollars. So I was responsible to make sure that I was the one that gave those images to the world. Oh now, yeah, because I think the Nick Jonas and uh, Priyanka wedding was uh, it ended up being what People Magazine. Your photo was on. Uh, I was in People Magazine. It was like a fifteen page spread. It was like a big old deal. They paid two million dollars. It was crazy, right? Yeah. Uh, there were, I can tell you that we were in India, there were drones that were in the air that wanted the photo because they wanted to get a piece of that. And, and I recall on, <laughs> on one of the days, one of the security guys asked one of somebody from my team and they said, hey, is that your drone? And we said, no, they literally got a gun out and they shot. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is the story. This is why I called you, Jose. These are the stories <laughs> that people want to hear. <laughs> and I thought, whoa, this is serious. And the reality is, is that it was serious. I mean, I, I, and no pressure to us <laughs> yeah. because we needed to make sure that we got those photos without being seen. And, you know, go, so we were very limited. And so the pressure was on and then, you know, the client, wanted to wait till it was darker because when it's darker the you know they can't this, the, the paparazzi can't see you as well it was just this whole thing so bottom line is the question going back to your question with the Bieber wedding I had already had some of that experience and a lot of it you have to be patient mm -hmm. and you have to you know you have to be ready when the client is ready you can wait six hours and then it's go time 
you know, and that's the part that I think a lot of people fall apart on because I mean, literally it took so long for us to finally get what we needed yeah. and it was because the client wasn't ready. It could have been makeup. I mean, and there's so many different things, paparazzi outside with Haley, you know, we had, it was that, um, oops, give me a second here. That's right. um, with Haley, she was getting ready in a room right across the way to where the church was. This is at Palmetto Bluff, Montage Palmetto Bluff, beautiful yeah. place. There was paparazzi in the air. There was helicopters, the whole thing. When she was getting ready to walk from her hotel room to the church, they actually built a tent for people holding the tent each side. They put her in the tent and they literally walked her over wow. to the church. Now, that's not the most beautiful photo in the world, you know, and I'm here trying to get what I need to get. And it is freaking 100 degrees and it is so humid and we're wearing suits and we're, you know, and there's helicopter. I mean, it is just crazy. So, you know, we get what we need to get, but the reality is, is that we have, there's so many hoops that we have to go through yeah. to get those shots that are the winning shots. Now this wedding, the Bieber wedding didn't get picked up by a big publication because they ended up just leaking the photos themselves. Okay. Um, they, they themselves are like, okay, we, we're just going to get it out there. Yeah. Uh, and I think they were just over it. Not that they need the money. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, and so that was a different situation. Every situation is going to be a little different. That wedding, I will tell you this, the Jonas wedding we booked two weeks before the actual wedding and the Bieber wedding we booked one week before. And the reason is, is because they don't want, any information to be leaked so the oh, true. amount of people that are involved the better chances they are to keep it private yeah. and so you know then you've got to go through all of this whole process of ndas and negotiating and then and then it becomes literally a whole week of just dealing with that yeah. um you know but it, it but it's 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 fun like i love these sorts of weddings this is adrenaline pumping. Um, I wouldn't say that I would like to do these types of weddings all the time because I'll tell you that it is very stressful. Yeah. Uh, you know, because then guess what? You shoot the wedding, you go to bed, and the next day you've got hundreds of phone calls and emails and text messages from the press. Somehow all everybody got my number somehow. I don't know how. Yeah. Uh, they found out I was the photographer, mostly with the Jonas wedding, not so much with the Beaver wedding. And I'm having to deal with all of that, you know, um, E! News and like, you name it, CNN. Because like, like with those weddings, are you shooting it the same way you would a normal wedding? Like, are you getting the same amount of time? Like, are you doing family photos? Are you doing like the portraits and all the details? Or is it more the Bieber? Are you just photographing a section of the wedding? Or like, how do you, how do they kind of work, I guess? Well, you have to have a really good team. And so I bring in my team to do certain things. Like my team shot the ballroom at the Beaver wedding. I didn't shoot the details. I was there with the client. I photographed bride and groom outside usually. And in this case, it was at night. Um, you know, so I had to focus on, on that. So you have to really delegate because you can't do it all. And with the Jonas wedding, it was a, what was it, a four-day thing. So it's exhausting. I mean, these days are... Dude, shooting one oh. wedding, shooting like... I mean, I'm sure you've probably done it where you're shooting like back-to-back -back days sometimes. I don't know, early on in your career, where you're shooting like Saturday or Sunday or shooting a Friday wedding. Like, like a, when you're shooting a whole wedding, it's like 14 hours, 16 hours sometimes. Like, I can't imagine shooting four days, man. Well, yeah, and you got to remember, this is an Indian wedding for the Jonas wedding, you know. So um, ha they did some, you know, Indian celebrations, and those are very long and very bright and very beautiful yeah uh i mean you gotta you gotta get on you gotta keep your toes up like literally going for 14 hours 12 hours it's exhausting 
It is absolutely exhausting. But like I said, this is this is why I don't feel like I want to be doing these types of weddings all the time. Yep. I love them. I will do a handful, a few, but I won't do more than that. It's so much work. Yeah, for sure, man. And I guess kind of like looking back at like all the weddings you've done, I'm sure it's hard to pick one, but like are, are there ones that you feel like you learned a lot from as a photographer? Maybe there it was particularly challenging or anything like that looking back? Gosh, I mean, there's so many, there are so many. I mean, I think that there's uh, some that I feel like I learned so much more than, than others, but others I was more inspired by, uh, you know, and I can also sit back and say, what makes, I, uh, one of the big questions for me is what makes a, a very solid, uh, successful wedding, it, you know, when you look at an album, a lot of it has to do with, you know, the way you communicate with the client, you know, your consistency and the way you shoot, um, all of that. I mean, and really the, 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 the quality slash, but then also the client, you know, wanting to work with you to make sure that they, they also maximize on, on the best that you could possibly provide. Um, you know, I've shot a two, uh, what is it? A four person wedding in Cuba. That one stands out. Wow. Four people, four people in Cuba. It was a Canadian couple. Uh, I was there maybe I don't know, eight years ago. I fell in love with Cuba, went back the next year just for fun. Um, you know, that one stands, uh, on its own for me because I just really love Cuba. Four people. Yeah. I just went there earlier this year before COVID. It's amazing. Uh, four people almost must be a challenge in a sense because, there's not as much like filler stuff to like throw into the portfolio. Cause you're not, there's not all the people, the group shots and stuff like that. Like, was it difficult just having four people to photograph or is it kind of a different approach you think? It was a different approach, but it was, it was sort of like a styled shoot. If you've ever done a styled yeah, shoot, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, you literally take the bride and groom and we were down, we were literally in the, in the neighborhoods, you know, photographing there. Uh, you know, it was, it was kind of like an engagement session kind of mm -hmm. when we photographed them, but they still had a first dance. They still cut their cake. Uh, you know, they did those sort of moments and they're very quick. Yep. Um, and we still did some details. She was, she's a photographer herself. So she was very involved with those sort of things. Um, it was so beautiful. It was so nice. Some of my favorite stuff ever. Uh, and then I remember shooting a wedding in the Highlands of Scotland. I mean, literally being at the very top of Scotland where the lock this monster apparently at this place called the Loch Tordon was uh, first seen, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and I remember shooting, uh, it was in April, I remember it was April 14th, we get there, it hadn't, the sun had not been out in literally three months. We shoot, it was pouring, pouring, pouring the morning of the wedding. And then at noon, it complete the font the sun came out for the first time in three months and everyone was freaking out wow and it was just such a cool moment like i remember that this was gosh 14 years ago uh but i clearly remember that thinking wow this is so cool yeah so i mean you know thing, things like that but there are there are locations that i want to go to like i'd love to shoot a wedding i've never shot a wedding in greece i've never shot a wedding in new zealand i never shot a wedding in other parts of africa other than the northern part of africa i would love to do all of those sorts of locations um, but, but yeah, I mean, I think that the small events, oh, and then we shot, what was it? A four day wedding in Sardinia. Um, and that's, you know, an island off of Italy. That was an $18 million wedding. Um, $18 million, dude? $18 million wedding. And, <laughs> and it was crazy because, and, and the reason I know that is because the bride I freely told me, look, we're spending $18 million. I want to make sure that I get a good team out of you. And I'm like, okay, here we go. Did you feel you like know? an extra sense of pressure? Like when they tell you that, like, 
or not. It's the same. No, no, it actually gets me excited because I know there's going to be crazy details. I know that they're probably going to be very long days because it's going to be very involved. Um, you know, but, but I, but then later I found out, well, you know, I asked myself, well, why are you, how are you spending $18 million? Well, it was 800 people. They flew everybody there. They did a lot of private, you know, uh, flying them there. They basically uh, wine and dined them for a whole week. They served Dom Perignon every <laughs> single night. There was hundreds and hundreds of bottles every night. Every night we would leave, we would take a bottle and down it at the end of the night. <laughs> do, do you, do you, do you and your team sometimes like you guys got a pinch each other? Like, how, how the hell did we get here, man? Like, this is crazy. Like, Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and we always take a day or two after the wedding to, and I always like to wine and dine my, my crew and we go to massages or I've taken them on helicopter rides or, you know, hot air ballooning or whatever's really cool in that area. I do my research and, and, and we stay an extra couple of days. Those are the days that we really, I think, reflect and go, whoa, what just happened? Um, but when you're in it, you're in it. You don't even think. We don't even talk. We're just, just working. Just yeah, doing, but doing, it's, doing it's, the job. it's when you're done that you go, holy yeah. shit, what just yeah. happened? Yeah. And I remember shooting when I shot the Jonas uh, Priyanka wedding. I remember the last day and I'm just exhausted. And if we had just reviewed the images for the press with the client, I'm literally have my computer set up in this green room. The client sitting here, one, two, they're looking at the images. I'm freaking out. I'm like, oh my God, I hope they love these photos. They're going to go to the press in a couple hours. And they're flipping through them extremely fast. And I'm like, oh God, they don't love them. In the end, they absolutely love them. You know, we took a group photo with them. They took off to their part, the rest of their night party, whatever, after party. The wedding planner comes up and says, wow, you guys, congratulations. This was amazing. Gave us a couple bottles of Dom Perignon. And we literally ran out of the building as fast as we could. Like, let's get the hell out of here before (laughs) they change their mind. They want one. (laughs) (laughs) Those are the moments I remember the most because I remember that was a very celebratory, like, yes, we're done. We can't believe it. Yeah, man. Yeah, you've you've done some cool stuff. Like, I saw you shot uh, Jock Peterson or Peterson's wedding. Yeah, he's a cool guy. Yeah, John Legend performed at his wedding, which that must have been pretty wild. Uh, Pretty cool, man. Um, Yeah, that was really cool. We've experienced some amazing things. I do. And it's funny because now talking to you right now, I'm like, oh, yeah, we have done some cool things. But when you're (laughs) in it. (laughs) Yeah, you're running your business. You're on to the next thing. Let's keep it moving. Exactly. And that's what really inspires me. I think really the reality is is that like, let's go. You know, we we have things to capture. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I guess to wrap up, man, like what, what kind of keeps you like excited about wedding photography? Like, cause like even looking at your Instagram, you don't just shoot weddings. Like you, you'll post some like cool, like landscape stuff up there, but like what kind of keeps you focused in this wanting to do this? And I guess overall, like, what do you love about it? I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, I love the idea of family coming together. You know, I, I come from a, a Mexican, you know, very culturally, we are a very, um, very gathered types of, of people and family. And I love that. Uh, obviously, you know, my first passion is obviously family, but my second really is, is photography. And when you bring those two things together, there's really nothing else to me that made sense to photograph in and to make as my living as uh, other than just shooting weddings you know and there are other celebrations and 50th birthday parties and all these other things Mm -hmm. uh you know 80th birthday parties i've shot all of this which is great 
but there's something so special about weddings. And I think, you know, earlier on, I can say people thought, I would think people thought that that was cheesy, you know, and, but nowadays it's so different with social media. Actually, weddings are cool. Weddings can be cool. I was going to ask you that, like as a photographer, like, do you feel like the overall, this like photography industry gives enough respect to wedding photography? Like personally, I don't think they do because like, I know so many photographers who shoot weddings, but they won't tell people or stuff like that. Like, do you think wedding photography gets the credit it it, it deserves? Because for me, like, if you're a badass wedding photographer, you can do anything because it's just such a fast paced thing. You're dealing with so many people. I don't know. It, it, it's just yeah I mean yeah that's that's interesting I mean I think that I used to feel that way when I first started where I was a little bit embarrassed when people would say oh you went to Brooks and you're shooting weddings you know because it would be like you know you're supposed to be proud of going to photography school and spending all this time and getting a bachelor's or master's whatever you got or whatever you're going for and you're supposed to be working for Vogue and like all of these big, you know, uh, commercial gigs and whatever. But when people ask you what type of photography you do and you say weddings, they're at the beginning, I feel, of my career. They're like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. You know, but I, I think my perspective changed. And it's so funny how things work. It could be a small little thing in your life. But I remember flying to a destination. I don't remember where. Mm-hmm. And I remember flying... Um, this was years ago when I first started to do more and more destinations. And I remember sitting in coach, you know, and I was sitting by this older woman and we were talking and she said, well, what are you doing? Where are you going home or where are you from? And I'm like, Oh no, no, I live in Santa Barbara, but I'm, I'm flying to Italy for a wedding. And she's like, Italy for a wedding. Are you a guest? And I said, Oh no, I'm a photographer. And she said, you're the photographer. They're flying you from California to shoot in Italy. You must be special. And I thought, no, 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 they just, you know, maybe they have the budget. But then as I, you know, as the flight went on, I thought, wow, this is really interesting. And yes, I mean, I think we get so involved in what we're doing that the reality is, is that the client could hire anybody, but they decided to hire me. Yeah, uh, I could be the only one that can tell their story. And, and, and that's special. That's amazing. And they hired, I, I, they hired you on one of the most important days of their lives it's like it's a it's a big thing and like I don't, yeah. know, I don't know about you but I've had so many weddings where it's such an awesome experience when like you're with a family that like you get along with and it's like it's like a good time and you get to be around these people and kind of get to see how they interact and as a photographer I mean for me it's all about people and I think that's the cool mm-hmm. thing about weddings you know mm-hmm. absolutely yeah and I just thrive over getting the best pos- possible emotional image uh, because I love video. I could never do video. I respect videographers. I think it's amazing. Actually, from our wedding, the video was m- more meaningful to me than even the photos. I love our photos. Don't get me wrong. But the video, it, it just brings things to life. And that's what I strive to do in some of my photos is how can we bring it to life so it doesn't just become one snap, yep. you know, and and then it's forgotten. So I think, uh, you know, weddings bring the best and the worst out of people. And that's OK if it's the worst, because yeah. that's when the photos really tend yeah. to come alive. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I guess last question, like what's next for you, Jose? Like any goals or anything moving forward for your own work? Obviously it's kind of weird times for a wedding business or any business really with everything, with the restrictions on travel. But I guess overall, what are you hoping to work on next, I guess? 
you know, I, this time has been a really good time for me to uh, reset. Like I'm sure many people in this industry and, and actually in the world <laughs> yeah. uh, reset and to really kind of know, you know, what is the most important thing? What really means the most in life, you know? And I think that we all get involved. I, you know, I can say I got so involved in my business, which is amazing, but you start to forget um, you know, family value. I mean, just all of that stuff, like spending time for yourself and self-care and all these things. So I think for me, you know, it, what's next really is just to focus on family, having family and, and yes, continue to shoot. I will, I will always continue to shoot. I love weddings. I will continue to shoot until I feel like someone's like, Oh, that guy's too old for weddings. <laughs> then I might be like, Oh, maybe I am. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm 39. I've done this for 18 years. I can see myself doing this for 20 more years. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just, I'm just half, I'm just halfway there. Yeah. And if I can stay where I'm at right now, as far as, you know, the types of clients I'm having, the destinations that I have and the amount of money I'm making, yeah. I am completely happy as long as I have a little family with me the whole way there. Nice, man. Well, Jose, I really appreciate you taking the time, man. Like, like I said, I got a lot of respect for you, anybody in the wedding game. It's a tough, tough thing. So like hats off to you guys, mad respect. And for people listening, if they want to check out more of your work, where's the best place for them to go? They can go to my website, josevia.com. Yeah. And, uh, and I think, you know, everyone has social media. So let, uh, I usually send people to my Instagram, which is at josevia. Oh, and you do, I didn't mention it, but you, you, you used it before COVID, you did workshops and stuff. I saw a little bit. So yeah, I've been doing that's... workshops for 12 years. Yeah. I don't have any obviously now, but I, my plan is, is that once things get back into the groove of things here, then we will be offering some, some workshops. We usually do workshops internationally. I don't usually like to do too many workshops in the U S I like to bring people out of their comfort zone. Yeah. Uh, and I think people strive over those moments versus being in their, in their comfort zone. Perfect. Well, I'll link it and people can go check it out. And uh, yeah, thanks so much, Jose. Awesome. Thank you so much. Cool, man. Have a good rest of your week. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, you too. Later. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. If you've been enjoying the podcast and would like to support, you can go to our new Patreon page at patreon.com slash the photo banter. If you sign up, you'll get access to the podcast two days early. Um, so like I said, if you've been enjoying it, would like to support, it'd be much appreciated. It's patreon.com slash the photo banter. And I also just have to give a big thank you to Jose Villa for taking the time to come on the podcast. It's a real pleasure talking to him about everything he's accomplished within wedding photography. Uh, like I said, I got a lot of respect for wedding photographers and have been following Jose's work for years. So much respect to him and everything he's accomplished. Um, definitely go check out Jose's work at josevia.com as well as his Instagram at josevia. I'll put all the links, links in the descriptions, but uh, definitely give him a follow. And as always, I'll be having weekly podcasts every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, as well as our new YouTube channel uh, at The Photo Banter on YouTube. Um, so definitely go check that out. And uh, as always, thanks so much for listening and take care.